We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition game plan and we have a ton to get to from recapping the combine in Indianapolis to looking back on the Sooner softball win on Wednesday night over St. Francis to previewing a big weekend for Sooner baseball to try to make sense of the frustration from Kansas City. We have you covered right here as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. And most importantly, thank you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Easy ways to get involved. You can hit us up on Twitter at OU on the air or make sure that you frequent our great sponsors, Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. All right. We've got so many guests coming up on the show. Tori Kukowski, he anchored the SoonerSports.com coverage from Indianapolis at the Combine. We'll get his perspective on how things went for Baker and the crew as pro days right around the corner. But it was a little bit of history, if you will, at the Combine because it's the first time that they opened the door and welcomed in places like the University of Oklahoma. We'll explain more in depth coming up with Toy later on in the show. Plus, I'm a big believer in Jake Irvin. He's one of my favorite Sooners right now. We'll talk to the Minnesota product as he gets set to open the Sooner series against Texas A&M. Corpus Christi. And you'll hear from head coach Patty Gasso after the Sooners W on Wednesday night against St. Francis as OU gets ready for a huge weekend in the OG&E tournament playing South Carolina twice. The Gamecocks have had an incredible run this year. Big RPI weekend 
for the Sooner softball team. So let's get after it, shall we? Let's not waste a single moment. Let's head to Kansas City. Haven't seen Brady Manick yet in the second half. Odoms picks up his dribble off to Trey. Three is in the air. Good. That's the guy that could get hot. He's got 16 of four threes tonight, near still by Odoms. Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, joins us. It was a frustrating finish and an early finish to the Big 12 tournament for the Sooner basketball squad. And Toby, first and foremost, I'm curious, what was the reaction like afterwards? Was there a positive spin to be found? What's kind of the mindset going forward kind of in the post-game and at least in the post-game thoughts of this Sooner basketball team? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I held, I heard too much um, confidence after the game. I don't know that necessarily relates to whether they're going to get in or not. I think the general feeling was um, we hope we get in. You know, the selection committee is going to do what they're going to do, and we hope we hear our name. But, I mean, you just really can't go beat your chest too much right now if you're Oklahoma and say, hey, we deserve to be in. You know, I mean, you just got to hope that the early season speaks loudly enough for the committee that you get fortunate. I think they, everybody, me, you, them, would all consider Oklahoma fortunate if they hear their name called on Sunday with the way they have ended this season. So when, that was not a, you know, you would hope in a situation where your postseason is on the line, perhaps, that you would come out with some with more urgency and fight and tenacity than they than they did last night. I've never seen a team get out rebounded by twenty six. That's amazing. So not a unbelievable, good performance. right? Made a nice run at them in the second half, but um, now you just got that's going to be a long wait. It is a long ways until five o'clock on Sunday. I loved what uh, you brought up because there's been much debate on these on these radio shows about, oh, my gosh, they're doing the shows wrong and just to unveil the brackets. And I, I loved your point is you kind of like that, that gut-wrenching, that kind of stomach-twisting while you wait. Has your opinion changed on that at all, Toby, in the last 24 hours when it comes to the bracket <laughs> release show? Um, I don't know. I want to experience it once. Under this, uh, you know, new format, and uh, and then I'll let you know. But yeah, it might be a little easier for us on Sunday to get it out of the way, right up top. You can find out whether you're in or not. Uh, if you're one of the teams, maybe the uh, wait isn't quite as much fun as if you're just watching as an observer. But man, I love that that selection show, that music, you know, that da 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 da. That's um, I, I'm a hair on the back of my neck stands up, and I get all. Tingly, and uh, I just I love this time of year. I love this hey, tournament. Nice family radio, calm down. I love the quest <laughs> to get in. Trying to figure out what do you got to do to get in, or what do you got to do to get a one seed, or what do you got to do to get to the region that is closest to your fan base, and all of it is just fascinating. And that's even before the games start to get played. So I wish Oklahoma hadn't played themselves into such a pickle here. But they have, and now all you can do is root for the list of teams to lose that are around you on the bubble so that maybe you got a better chance. Toby, I know we don't have a ton of time here, and I know you're getting ready to hit the road back, but when people ask you, so what went wrong 
What's the what's the one minute Cliff Cliff Notes version of what went wrong with this hoops team this year? I think two things happen. One, it turns out they've got a fragile confidence. Uh, they were riding high early in the year, and then when they hit adversity, we found out that they've got a fragile confidence. And, you know, kind of collectively, they do not shoot the ball with the amount of confidence that they did early in the season. That's one. Two, I think that the way Trey was officiated changed. And this isn't finger-pointing. It's just, I think, a fact that early in the year, if they were having a few dry possessions, Trey could get himself to the line and they would jumpstart the offense again. And about four or five games into Big 12 play, that changed, and it took away a significant part of their offense. And you saw their numbers really start to decline from that part, and they haven't ever figured out how to compensate for that since then. So it's more, you know, know, there's a defensive element that has them. There's a lot of things that go into it, but I think those are the two things that kind of jump to mind as to what's different from the first. They weren't playing great defense early in the season either. But what's different from early on is they just aren't a confident basketball team anymore. And they carried themselves with such swagger early on. We'll all sit around on Sunday night and wait together. Sooners men's and women's basketball teams both very much on the bubble as Oklahoma on the men's side looks to bounce back from what's just been a very challenging latter part of this season and see if OU can get an opportunity to make a run towards the Final Four. All right, let's shift the gears, shall we, from the hardwood to the diamond. If there has been one consistent piece of the Sooner baseball team over the last three three years, it's been their ace pitcher, Jake Irvin. I caught up with a Sooner ace and started by asking about the excitement of Skip Johnson moving from pitching coach to head coach, and if he's noticed a difference. Hey, you know what? It's been a great transition, and I think that, uh, you know, just having him on staff again, and um, if you know Skip personally, he's the same guy regardless of what role he's in, so it's it's been an awesome transition, and he's been just as great as a pitching coach as he is now as a head coach, so it's it's been awesome. So last night, Jake, I was calling the softball game. Skip threw out the first pitch. And he went Paige Parker style. I mean, he threw some straight gas. I didn't know this guy had that in a fast pitch style. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to just pinpoint something to say what's changed. But, you know, I, I went with you guys to Dallas Baptist, and I've had an opportunity. I hosted the, uh, the, the kickoff dinner that you guys did, and I've had a chance to really sit and get to know Skip. This is a dude that just really loves baseball. So from that perspective, is it a day-in, day-out, minute-in, minute-out conversation where you're talking about baseball? Or from his perspective, does he like to broaden the horizon and be a little bit more open with you guys on the staff? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, He does love baseball, obviously, and he's baseball 24-7. But his biggest thing is loving all the kids that he has to coach and uh, you know, building a relationship with all of us. So no matter what it is, I think Skip's going to uh, dig deep with all of us and get to know us all on a personal level. So uh, he's been great, you know, with the baseball side, but also getting to know us as players and as people. He's he's just awesome. How about you personally? Um, I, let's hit rewind here a little bit, Jake, and I want to go back to kind of the genesis for you and not even to when you ended up at Oklahoma. Um, when did you realize 
that baseball was a way that maybe someday you could pay the bills. When did it kind of click for you that baseball was a way that you could get your college paid for? When when did things really start to take off for you uh, in your baseball career? Yeah, you know, I was a, I was a late bloomer. I uh, didn't even start getting recruited by anybody until going into my senior year. So um, I was lucky enough to pitch pretty well my junior year of high school and uh, started getting a few looks that summer and once I uh, went to a few showcases uh, a little deeper south, um, I was seen by a few different schools, decided that Oklahoma was the perfect fit for me, and, you know, my senior season was kind of a coming-out party for me, and that's when I, I kind of realized that baseball was my thing, that was my trade. So uh, I was lucky enough to get uh, get pretty good at that and then uh, work <laughs> a little harder at it and, yeah, you know, be where I am today. And it was a competitive household, I could imagine, too, because you got Sam, you got Steve, and you got Matt. So, uh, obviously, as a late bloomer, what was it like having a relationship with three other siblings? And I could imagine that's a pretty athletic household. Yeah, you know, those guys pushed me to be the best that I am, or best that I could be, and um, I love those guys every day for it. But, uh, yeah, my all my brothers are pretty athletic. My brother Matt actually was uh, – top uh, hockey prospect coming out of high school so um different sport but still a good athlete and i think that just our love for sports and competitive nature is uh kind of the reason that i push myself to work hard today and uh anything like that you know it was uh it was interesting to me i I was thinking back to louisville and uh, the regional and that you you went toe for toe man you were right there every step of the way and i saw something your dad threw out on social media about how proud he was of you standing in there and going toe for toe uh, and everything you had to overcome last year from an adversity standpoint uh, jake battling through injuries i mean that support's got to be pretty special i mean i bring up your your brothers but i mean to have your mom and dad every step of the way there with you that that's got to mean a lot right oh absolutely you know family's everything to me uh, like I said, with my brothers, those guys are fantastic. And then my parents are my biggest support staff. And they're there, like you said, every step of the way. And, I mean, I could not be more thankful. Those guys are just just the best. And, you know, I appreciate everything they've done for me. And, I, I mean, I own the world. So they're awesome. And, I mean, I love them death. So as we're, as we're following this path of Jake Irvin ending up at Oklahoma, how did we keep you off the ice in Minnesota? How did we get you on the diamond, and how did you find out about Norm in Oklahoma? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a little bit of a struggle to keep me off the ice. I'm still a huge hockey <laughs> fan today, but, um, uh, yeah, you know, I ended up uh, here because I was at a showcase in Kansas City. Uh, Coach Hughes was down there, and he actually saw me brought me down here and uh, offered me, and then I went back to my hotel room here in Norman uh, that night, and I told my dad, I'm like, hey, I know that you might like a couple different schools, whatever, but I'm committing here. (laughs) I'm going to do that tonight. (laughs) So uh, we got on the phone with Coach Hughes, and I ended up committing here. Loved everything about OU and still do, so I was lucky that it was a perfect fit. Yeah, and, and not too bad of a freshman season either, looking back. You get your first ever win in a Sooner uniform against Dallas Baptist. You had an opportunity to pitch at Dodger Stadium as a true freshman and basically kind of took over a regular starter's role as the season progressed. From your perspective, Jake, what was it like to basically be thrown right into the fire, man? There was no waiting around. You got an opportunity right away. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know what? I think that I had the, the perfect freshman season because at the beginning of the year, I faced a lot of adversity. I uh, was moved into a role that I wasn't comfortable in. You know, I pitched out of the bullpen for the first month or month and a half of the season, and uh, it was a huge learning curve, and I actually got to learn a lot both from our pitching coach and from the rest of the staff. So um, being able to face that adversity, uh, get back into a starting role, and then start becoming a complete pitcher, I think that that was – uh, you know, an experience that I'm so thankful for and has made me a, a better pitcher today. So it was it was good. You know, we talk a lot about pitcher-catcher relationships, and I don't know if there is a pitcher maybe in the history of mankind who has gone through more catchers during their three years at the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, I think we've got three that could uh, technically play now. You had Renee and Dominic last year. But, uh, Jake, from that perspective, obviously, you've had Skip for two years. Uh, there's some good depth at catcher this year. Do we overstate the importance of that pitcher-catcher relationship? Is it just a matter of uh, of you having more confidence in, in your coach? What's that been like for you to go through so many different guys behind the plate? Yeah, I don't think that, that that's overstated at all. And uh, I think that it's kind of the responsibility of the pitcher to build that relationship with the catcher. You know, we can't be around them all the time in practice, obviously, because they're doing hitting and whatnot, and we might be thrown to a bullpen catcher when we're doing that sort of stuff. So off the field, it's it's kind of our responsibility to build a relationship with those guys. And, you know, I was lucky to have Renee last year, and he's just an awesome human being, so – that was an easy relationship to build, and now we have four guys and uh, that are catching this year, and all four of those guys are just like Renee, good people, and I think it's been easy to build a relationship with them. Obviously, I've been at OU with Dom for three years, so him and I are very close. Justin Mitchell, Justin Cook, the freshmen, both good people, good catchers, and you know, easy to get along with, and then obviously Brady Lindsley as well, just a good human being good catcher uh you know it's it's easy to build relationships with those guys you know it's always curious because i love asking this question and i don't know if it's necessarily an easy question to answer but we all get the physical part we all see the success you're having on the diamond uh, on the mound but jake where do you feel like you've made the most personal growth where have you seen yourself improve the most personally and maybe even away from the ball field since you stepped on campus here you know i think it's just maturity Obviously, you're coming into college, and uh, there might be distractions, you know, and stuff that's going on off the baseball field that uh, you kind of want to be a part of. But at the end of the day, you're here for baseball and all that sort of stuff. So uh, the biggest strides have definitely come uh, just in maturity and becoming more of a man, you know. Uh, You're in a year and two years, I could be starting a career. So that's kind of how we have to look at it. Last night, uh, I'm going to go back to the softball game uh, just a bit. Paige Parker mm-hmm. wasn't getting the run support she wanted, and Coach Gasso told me afterwards that she saw her get fired up and, and get her team riled up in the dugout, unlike she probably had seen her in a while. For Jake Irvin, you're a quiet guy, but you're a leader, and you got a great personality about you. So with that said, do you ever find yourself being in that mode where you feel like uh, you're dealing on the mound and you got to get back in there and get a little bit more extra motivation for your guys in the dugout? How do you handle that to get your hitters fired up when maybe you're not getting the support you need? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've done that before, and obviously, I mean, days I pitch are a little bit different than the days that I'm not throwing, but I'm definitely very competitive, and sometimes it comes out of me, and I don't even think about it, you know, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, I typically don't really say anything to the hitters. 
Um, if I do, it's just kind of like a, a confidence booster thing where it's like, Hey man, you got this. Like we're going to put up five right here, but, um, never, never anything like getting on somebody, but those guys know, like, um, when I'm going out there, I'm going to compete for them. They're going to compete for me. So uh, I think our hitters are doing a really good job right now. They're doing a lot of, uh, extra work with our coaches and, uh, the approach has been so good the last three games. And I think that, uh, run support won't really be an issue and if if it ever is then you know you just give them a pat on the back say hey you got this buddy we're gonna do it jake this team seems fun it it seems like it's a loose bunch it seems like that they uh they know the right time to focus but yet they also know that it's it's a long season and it's a long game can you kind of describe the personality of this team and am i off base because it really seems like you guys are having a blast no yeah we we definitely have a blast and i think uh that kind of comes with the fact that we have so many older guys and uh, we've been here for three, a couple of us for four years now. So um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just the younger guys have grown pretty close to us. They understand, you know, our culture and uh, the older guys are definitely loose. We like to have a lot of fun with it. And I think that starts with the guys who were here last year and they kind of set the tone, you know, and uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we definitely have a good time. That's for sure. I know that it's exciting to think about uh, your personal future. Is it ever hard to compartmentalize that and think, you know, there's so much down the road and stay focused on the now, Jake? Because I'll be honest with you, if I was in your shoes, I think it would be hard every now and then to not think about what could be next year or even beyond. Is that a challenge for you to compartmentalize at all? No, no, not at all. You know, I think uh, Skip does a really good job preaching, you know, one pitch at a time mindset. So, Right now, focused on the now and uh, making just one pitch at a time, focusing one inning at a time and taking care of business now, and then everything down the road will take care of itself, you know. So uh, just doing my best to make pitches at the University of Oklahoma, and once it's over, I hope that I can look back and, you know, kind of just tell myself that I, I gave it all I had in the Sooner uniform. Jake Irvin, away from the field, uh, a reader, uh, a TV watcher, a Fortnite player. What are you doing when you're not playing baseball, Jake? <laughs> you know, anything associated with sports. I mean, watching sports, playing sports, whatnot. So kind of doing anything like that. I'm a huge Minnesota sports fan, so Vikings, Uh-oh. Wild, anything like that. But, uh, yeah, not a, not a huge video game guy. Fortnite's obviously uh, – the talk of the town now and uh, we'll play at our house a little bit but um yeah it's, it's mostly anything to do with sports well then help me out here as i let you go what do you do at quarterback at the vikings right now i mean oh. do, do you go out and make a play for Kirk cousins they're talking three years 90 mil guaranteed do you mm-hmm. stick with case keenum what do you want to see your vikes do you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of anybody that shows a lot of love for the city that they play for. So it's kind of tough to see that they might not be making a move on Keenum. Um, I'm not a huge Cousins guy. I, I hope that I, I'm wrong about that, but I'd like to see him honestly take a, a Baker Mayfield in the draft. That would, <laughs> that would fire me up quite a bit. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, number one choice would definitely be to see Baker in a Vikings uniform. Is there still, though, a better moment? I mean, obviously, the incredible play by Diggs to win the game, but whenever Case was out there and they, and they were doing the skull chant right before, the, uh, right before the, I guess they didn't end up kicking the extra point, but that's got to be one of the coolest moments in Minnesota sports history, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Me and my buddies from Minnesota were talking about it like two weeks later. It was giving us the chills then, so uh, that was awesome. Um, hey, I, I do. I, I've kept you long. Let me ask one more about baseball before we get out of here. Do you like where this team is right now? And, and to see uh, exercise a few demons to beat Dallas Baptist. The last time you guys had beaten Dallas Baptist was your first ever win. Uh, to see the way that they prepare, uh, performed over the weekend against Alabama, winning two of three. Do you like Jake where this team is right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're at 500 and are uh, just over it now, and. Um, we could definitely be in a better position record-wise, but, you know, it's better to go through that sort of stuff early in the year, and we definitely have some quality wins. I know Indiana's been on a tear since we beat them. Uh, the two walk-off losses were tough, but, I mean, those are really good baseball games. Uh, faced a little adversity there and came back, and, you know, I think it just builds character later in the year. So um, the younger guys are getting the chance to play, getting the chance to pitch, and um, it's better to go through this, like I said, now than – later on down the road, and I think that we're going to be better for it. Sharp kid, sharp mind, incredible future ahead for one Jake Urban. Now, from the baseball diamond to the softball diamond, the Sooners swept St. Francis in impressive fashion on Wednesday night. We caught up immediately after the game on Wednesday with head coach Patty Gasso. That was as dominant as she's been this season, and uh, is, is she getting more dialed in? Has anything changed since the start of the season with her? No, you know, she's such a student of the game. And this St. Francis team, they, they swing. I mean, they're very, very aggressive. But sometimes in aggressive swings, there's holes that are created. And she started to find that. But I still, I mean, still, that one hard hit ball is like, it's scary to play them. And she knew that she had to be really focused in what she was doing. and could not miss because if you miss against them they're going to make you pay so she really had a, a good game plan but she knew it was really important to execute it what did you say about this team's adjustments at the plate one time through the lineup that's all they really seem to need tonight yeah and sometimes one time is too many think about one time that's nine at bats that you're going to yuck and that's sort of what we did and to be honest with you the, the greatest thing that happened tonight was Paige Parker came into the dugout. She was fired up. Um, there was a little chipping back and forth. There was a little. There was some rivalry going on um, on the field a little bit, and she she got hot. She came into the dugout and she just brought it to her team, and then they just backed her up. And that's when Cece hit the the bomb, and that, that's when everything opened up. So we needed a little spark and. Page brought it not only on the field but into the dugout as well. Big weekend for a Sooners softball doubleheader Friday, game on Saturday, two games on Sunday. For information, log on to Soonersports.com slash tickets to get tickets. And then, of course, that first pitch on Friday is an early one, 2.30. We'll be on the air with a 2.15 pregame show. And then 5 o'clock on Friday night, 5 o'clock on Saturday night with a single game, and then two games beginning at 1.30. On Sunday, visit Soonersports.com for details. And we wrap things up with one of my favorite dudes on the planet. Uh, you know, we probably don't have Tori Kukowski. He's the director of digital marketing for Sooners Athletics, for Sooner Athletics. And I dig talking to the guy. He's an incredibly 
brilliant mind when it comes to uh, online ideas, when it comes to social media interaction. And this week he had an opportunity to head to Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine. What was the experience like to be there in Indy? You know, it was uh, it was awesome, honestly. I, I kind of went into it, um, I don't know, maybe with – uh, not very high expectations. <laughs> Just thinking, like you're in this big stadium, it's quiet the whole time. These guys are going through their uh, kind of the ultimate job interview, and just um, don't want to be a distraction. Right, right, Didn't right. know what our access was going to be like, but um, at the end of the whole weekend, I mean, the the experience was really cool. The NFL people were were super accommodating with us. Um, got got some one on one stuff with our players that they did really well. Um, so that kind of made um, made our coverage that much better. Uh, the whole experience was 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 awesome. So you know, I'm this is like my addiction. The draft is numero uno for me. And what blew me away is where ESPN was doing their setup. You would look behind, and there were spots for every single team. So is every team doing their own little digital thing there as well too? So this was the first year that what kind of how the NFL how kind of my social um, colleagues explained it was the combine is a football event yes it's become this big media event it's on on television and all that Um, but as far as kind of the the social coverage this was the first year they opened it up not only for schools but this was actually the first year that they allowed like team social representatives to be there as well the the NFL teams it's a obviously a little bit different from their perspective because they don't know which guys are going right, to right. end up on their roster. Right. For the schools, it, it was a chance for us to, to highlight our guys that are um, going to be going on to the next level. So there were there were some school like social media representatives there or NFL social media representatives there um, for their teams, but I think they were more um, – they weren't as – I guess involved or is maybe present the as we too, were, you think? Yeah. just to kind of see what the reaction was like. Yeah, it was. It was certainly a. This was again the first time they allowed us to come and cover it, and it was. It was certainly um, kind of a kind of a pilot to see, um, kind of the the mutual benefit of it. Obviously, for us, it's huge for recruiting, but sure. but for the NFL, it was kind of some additional publicity, free advertising. Honestly, right. um, all the all the content that we produce is. Um, they asked that we point back to their broadcast and live stream and all that. So I think they kind of looked at it from from that perspective of reaching maybe some new audiences, capturing the, the excitement from the school's fan bases. And then from our perspective, you've know, you got three potential first-rounders, six guys there total. You want more information. Every, and we got Pro Day right around the corner, which is next week, yep. which is going to be broadcast. I don't know if – maybe I shouldn't say yet. There's, there's some broadcast plans around that Correct. Yep. that haven't been finalized yet. Yep. But – uh, I'm curious, so as a first-timer, as someone who had never or who always wants to go, you know, first time there, was it a lot like our pro days only on a on a larger scale or was it a completely different world altogether? Much, much larger scale. I would say the difference from from our pro day, um, and I would, I would just kind of observing, like, right. I would think this would have been a challenge for the players. Like our pro day is very bang, bang, bang. You go from one drill right to the next, right to the next, and it's it's done in two hours. These guys for the, at the combine, they're there all day. Right. I mean, they get there at nine o'clock, and most of them aren't leaving until five. Wow. Um, so there's there's a lot more like it when you watch it on TV. I know it's um, it's there's so many guys, and it seems like it's going pretty quick. But for like one individual guy. 
Um, they kind of they do their one rep through the drill, and then I mean they're waiting around for wow. for a while, and that's like for from their perspective, um, just the pressure that's on them. Because again, like the I mean the forty, you get you get two tries at it. Um, just just if there was if you slipped or something like that, you got a chance to redeem yourself. But every drill that they go through, they get one shot at it, and that's it. And that's it. Wow. And I'm so I'm just watching it, looking <laughs> at it from that perspective, like man, like they they have the just the pressure of this being kind of the ultimate job interview but right. they get one shot that's and, if, crazy. and if they slip or fall or anything like that like they don't they don't get that back i'm curious knowing that you had on ou gear while you're doing this you're representing ou with the mic and everything does anyone then come to you and say hey what about this guy is anyone trying to prod you at all for information i didn't i oh, was okay. i was i was somewhat expecting that actually because you're, you're kind of bumping you never in. know right you're, yeah you're bumping into um nfl personnel as you're walking into the stadium work once we're in the stadium we kind of i mean we kind of had access to three sections that that we had our areas that, gotcha. that they allowed us to go into so once once you we were kind of in the event um, or in the stadium, you didn't necessarily run into them as much. But even just walking to the stadium, walking through the doors, um, just being around town that whole weekend, I mean, you're, you're bumping into them kind of all over the place. Right. I even ran into a couple at the airport on the way to and from there. Um, and it was, it was kind of expecting that a little bit. So, like, so what, what's Baker really like? Uh, honestly, didn't, didn't get cool. it didn't get any of that. Um, um, but it was – yeah, I mean – in in that situation, I guess I don't know how I. I mean, I would have been honest, but right. it, but it and these guys are. They're all of our guys are really great. Um, so don't, to me, there's there's no question marks at all. It was interesting in watching everything, and obviously, I thought we did an incredible job on our social media platforms through Instagram. You know, seeing everything linked onto Twitter. But it's amazing to see all the focus on not just Baker, but the quarterbacks in general. And then here we have a guy that we've watched for three years yep. nonstop yep. who is out there on this stage. And when, when someone says anything questionable, I get very defensive. I'm like, yeah, what are you talking absolutely. about? We saw this guy. Yeah. But with that said, you got to see it firsthand. From what we could tell at home, it looked like he was very comfortable, and Baker absolutely put on a show this weekend. 100%. I mean, we know we all know that guy. Right, like exactly. you said, we, we know who he is. and. And we know he's a he's a gamer. He loves playing football. He'll be the first one to tell you from the from the drill and testing standpoint. Yeah, he maybe didn't run the fastest forty. Maybe didn't have the the highest vertical and all right. that. But when it comes to when it comes to uh, playing quarterback, being a leader of a team, I think I think that's the thing that that sets him apart. Obviously, he's a great quarterback. He's got a great arm. Can throw um, and look. Yeah, looked very comfortable out there. But I think where he really sets himself apart, and I think. Again, just I only had a little bit of interaction right. with him, and it was it was after the event was over, and he kind of kind of had a big sigh of relief <laughs> um, and all that. But it he is he is just a genuine personality. Every everything from uh, all of his leadership qualities. I mean, there I I maybe didn't have the opportunity to tell this to NFL teams, but I told it to everybody, uh, all of my colleagues who were asking about it. If if I had one guy to start a team with, that's, that's the guy, guy. That's the guy I'm taking. Give me number six. Yep. Okay, so I don't want to keep you too long, and obviously there's a lot of this that's me being selfish, wanting to go to the combine, jealous when you're there, but realize I can't do the content you get. <laughs> What's the response been like so far to it, and is it something now that you could see being a regular trip 
for Soonersports.com? The, the response has been great. I'm, during the event, I'm, I'm always obviously kind of looking at, at numbers and looking at traffic and what our engagement is like and all that. So even even during the combine, I could tell that our numbers were, were pretty good. I mean, we had... We had uh, access that we don't we don't get very often, right. so just being able to do it for the first time, um, numbers have been very good. Um, and again, kind of going back to the beginning, the the NFL just kind of the mutual relationship with them, um, kind of my main contact there. He asked me before the weekend was over. He said, you know, is this? You think when you go back, will you tell your boss that this was worth it and whatever? And I was like. Dude, I don't think I'm gonna have to tell him that it was worth it. I think I think he's seeing our coverage back home yeah. uh, right now, and and I don't think I'll have to have to fight that fight for that. So and that and that's exactly what um, the response was when that's I awesome. when I got back from from an administrative level, from um, football support staff. I mean, everybody I've talked to just just thought it was awesome. Um, like I said, this was kind of the this was kind of the pilot um, test event for for the NFL. Um, and I think um, I think it went well from their perspective. We'll we'll provide them some numbers. They asked all the schools to provide some numbers, cool. um, just so just so they can kind of kind of go back to the football people and and um, put together a report and say, yeah, this is this is how much um, additional traffic or additional eyeballs we reached with all this coverage. And then um, the goal is not only for um, the combine in the future, but hopefully opening it up to, to more events. Um, I don't think it'll happen this year, but um, they'd, they'd kind of they'd mention the draft, like maybe maybe that's an event that gets um, opened up to schools as well. So that would obviously be a be a huge opportunity if we had, Absolutely. like you said, we had three potential first round picks. If 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 they were going to be at the draft, being able to kind of follow them through that experience too. So I mean, it, I think this this definitely was was just the first step, and I I could definitely see it not only continuing, but getting bigger and better in the future. Thanks to Tori Kukowski for joining us. Thanks to Coach Gasso. Thanks to Jake Irvin. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks, as always, to you. Coming up on Tuesday's edition of The Game Plan, hopefully we'll be talking about the men's and women's team in the NCAA tournament. And you'll hear from head coach Lincoln Riley as spring football kicks off this weekend. We'll have our spring preview presser, plus a look back at the first couple of days of football practice. Until have a great weekend and boomer sooner everybody this has been the sooner sports podcast make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at SoonerSports.tv slash podcast and make sure to follow us on twitter at ou on the air look around you can find cars like these on auto trader New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.